business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's eight minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm very happy to be back in South Africa, right here where it is fresh and crisp, unlike in Israel at the moment where it's really, really hot and a little bit unpleasant when it comes to the temperature. But over here, it's really refreshing. One thing that I often discuss with different people when they come, when it comes to investing is the whole idea that the world is moving in a new direction altogether. The traditional way of investing, the traditional thoughts, maybe aren't the same as they used to be. Maybe they don't hold water. And then you go and listen to the gurus who've really made a serious amount of money. And over many, many decades, they've proven time and time again that there is a method in the madness and there is a way to invest. And then you somehow turn around and you look at a young generation that's popping up and they are doing things totally, totally different. When we talk about crypto, when we talk about currencies, there is an area where I seem to find that there are two separate camps. There are those who look at you and say, like, well, why not? It is the way to go. Why does a currency need to be pegged? Why does it need to be a gold standard sort of thinking? And then there's the other side to say, that there is a certain underpin that a currency needs to have. And if it doesn't have it, it's it's purely driven by sentiment. But many years later, more than a decade later, crypto is still around and still being traded. At the moment, we see it taking a bit of a wobbly. It's really, really dived the last week or so. Today, it's come back quite strongly. But what I want to do is spend the next 40 minutes unpacking it and really understanding how it works. So it gives me great pleasure to welcome Marius Reitz, who's the GM for Africa at Luno. Marius, welcome to Chai FM. Hello, Ari. Thanks for the invitation. It's great to be here. Oh, great. Oh, so your voice came through funny there, but sort of corrected itself as it went by. Marius, let's go back a step, um, and let's really try unpack this thing slowly. First of all, let's do Crypto 101. What is crypto? Why did it come around? And how long has it been there for? Yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a very good question. And I think, so, so if we take a step back and look at why Bitcoin was created and, and what problem Bitcoin solved. So Bitcoin is was the first cryptocurrency to come into existence back in 2008 or nine. Uh, since then, uh, we've seen tens of thousands of new cryptocurrencies. So when we talk about crypto, most people view Bitcoin as, as, as the sort of de facto crypto. But Bitcoin was created to operate as a new electronic payment system, payment system that would enable you to send or re- and receive money to and from anyone in the world, just needing an internet connection um, and a computer or a, a smartphone. So you can almost you can almost compare Bitcoin to something we know today, which is cash. For a cash payment, there are no intermediaries, so it's just you and the other person you're conducting a trade, and you hand that person cash in exchange for good or service. 
but there's no bank or payment company or intermediary processing that payment, right? So Bitcoin is, is, is in some ways similar, except for the fact that it's digital, right? So a lot more convenient, a lot more safer than carrying cash around and meeting someone in person. So in its essence, it appeared to be an electronic payment system. Uh, that was the, 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 the initial idea uh, behind crypto. And, and so I think it still holds value as a payment system, right? But in order for a payment system such as Bitcoin or any other payment system in the, in the past to be used widely and to add value to people, we must see a critical mass of people that actually want to use it, willingly want to use it. Without that, the system falls flat and there's no incentive for someone to use it. Uh, so one can almost think of it or compare it to the way in which we used email in the early 1990s. Businesses did not send out invoices to the to the customers you know, via email in the 1990s because you know, only one out of 10 of their customers had an email address. So there was no incentive for them to do that. So currently, that's the case with Bitcoin. People don't actively use it you know, for its intended purpose back in 2008 because we've not reached that critical mass of people that own Bitcoin. Now, while we're all buying Bitcoin as an investment, right? yes, there's been a lot of hype, media hype, there's been a lot of new first-time investors, especially across emerging markets that, you know, that, that have come online and they're investing for the first time. They don't own other investment stocks, you know, bonds, etc. Um, so the price has been, has been um, inflated to, to, to a large extent also because of monetary policies uh, you know, by the Fed, etc., but we, we currently find ourselves in this asset phase, the phase where people uh, buy crypto from an investment, from an asset perspective. And I think once, we, uh, once we've reached a critical mass of people that own it as, a, as, as, a, as, a, as an investment, as an asset, then the payment use cases will, will, will come to the people will then, if you, if you own crypto as an investment and someone asks you, hey, you know, um, I, I want to sell my bike to you, but I only want to accept Bitcoin, then you will probably use the Bitcoin to pay for it, right? But if you don't own Bitcoin at that point, you won't use it. And then you won't go and sign up for a Luna account at that point. So we're going through these phases. We're kind of in the asset phase. We're seeing some early stages of Bitcoin's intended purpose on the payment side coming to the fore. A lot of innovation. So I think over the next three to five years or so, that will start to play out. And, and we will reach a point where people will willingly use Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies as part of their daily lives to process payments. But at this point, nearly speculation and uh, investing. Fantastic. Morris, so we're just having a problem with the sound. It keeps coming in and out. I don't know if your connection is poor, but uh, if you can just, just check it on your side. So I just want to uh, sort of clarify. If you take um, Elon Musk's first, one of his first companies, PayPal, etc., that was designed in order to allow payments freely and easily. Today, you've got something like, um, you know, overseas, you can do a lot of payments on your cell phone, from cell phone to cell phone. You've got Discovery Bank coming out where you can pay directly on your on your on your um, app on your cell phone directly to a phone number, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the, all those incur charges somewhere in order for them to be viable and to be an ongoing service. Crypto, on the other hand, was designed simply as a payment method between two individuals. But in order for it to work, we needed to be enough people on the system. For it to become, as we say, know now about email, no one doesn't have an email address today. That's the same thing. But we've obviously hit a, a raw nerve, and I can just see that sort of my questioning is going to go sideways because 
I must have got three or four SMSs now coming in about mining crypto. So let, let's just put park that until after the break and maybe let's just go a little bit further down because I also want to have a, you know, leave enough time to speak about Luno itself. Maris, at the end of the day, what is the value of Bitcoin today? And is it still a worthwhile investment to get into? Oh, Avi, um, I'm not sure if you can hear me clearly now. But, yes, um, much better. Thank you. Great. So the the value of Bitcoin, um, I think from an investment perspective, one needs to look at the, the global macro environment and why people, why some of the more sophisticated investors are buying Bitcoin, right? And why we've seen Bitcoin ETFs being created in the US and we've seen regulators and institutions there adopting Bitcoin. And the, the one thing that, that the single reason that most of these institutions provide is that Bitcoin is a scarce digital asset, right? Um, and during times of uh, economic uncertainty, uh, when central banks create additional units of currency at will, uh, which you know, is referred to as quantitative easing, the, the 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 risk there and the the perception is that the, the the government policies will lead to inflation in the long run, and we've actually seen that now over the past two years with high inflation rates in, in, in the US and 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 all across the world. So, um, Bitcoin's Bitcoin's used as a store of value because of the fact that it's a scarce digital asset with a limited supply. Only 21 million Bitcoin can ever be in circulation. It's one of the main reasons why um why why investors currently buy bitcoin and i think it's it's bitcoin started to take on the role as an emerging safe haven asset over the next couple of years there's also it's also free from from any government intervention uh, bitcoin is not owned it's not created or managed or minted by a central authority like a central bank so it, the 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 whole sort of setup for bitcoin is that it it's it's it, it should be free from political influence now the price is influenced by a lot of the same reasons or the same factors that influence the prices of stocks and uh, equities etc so it's it's news events like trade wars like actual wars between markets inflation risks um, but then, then also factors limited to the cryptocurrency market, such as security incidents on some of the, the most well-known cryptocurrency platforms uh, or incidents in the market. So the, the price is influenced by a lot of the same factors. And that's why it is still a risky asset. It's a risk asset in the sense that the price moves according to news events. Um, and when people go through tough times, um, they first look to sell the, the, the most risky assets. And Bitcoin cryptocurrencies is, 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 you know, is a risk asset from that perspective. So that is why we're seeing the Bitcoin price drop, you know, drop further than what we've seen the NASDAQ. I think the NASDAQ is on 30% year to date lower. The S&P is more than 20% down. Um, now, and crypto prices, especially Bitcoin's down more than 50% and Ethereum's down around 70% year to date. So, so risk assets like cryptocurrencies will you know, see a drop during, during times of uncertainty. So, so from an investment perspective, investors value the fact that that, that Bitcoin's operates on a, on a model of a, a capped supply. They think over the medium to long term, it, it will it will act as a hedge against inflation, and um, and then obviously in the future as well, the the the, the potential use of um, of Bitcoin as a payment system, it, it's almost. I'll be like, if you think of a, a visa, you know, the, the payments company owning a visa share, the more people that use the visa, the more people that, that use their visa bank cards to make payments, you know, that should have a positive impact on visa, the company's stock price, right? 
so it's almost the same principle. The more people that over time use Bitcoin as a payment method, the more use there will be. And in return, that should also impact the Bitcoin price favorably. So, so, um, so, so these dynamics currently sort of edge of edge against inflation and in the future use case of a payment system that, that drive value currently. Fantastic. Morris, let's take a quick break and run to the shops quickly. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. Yes, and you've caught us really talking about the new way to go forward, which is cryptocurrency. I'm certainly not advocating that you run out and buy it. Do not get me wrong, but I do feel that one really needs to sit up and listen. At the end of the day, the world is changing. The world is evolving. If you would have told me two and a half years ago that I would be doing most of my work and all of my shows on Zoom, I would have asked you what Zoom was. Today, it's just the way things work. The efficiencies are great. It's quick. It's efficient. And I don't need to run around in the car the whole day. And that just took two years. It took um, Corona simply to push us into the new world. Cryptocurrency has been around, as you said, Bitcoin has been around for a long time. Marius, one thing that I just want to touch on quickly is the whole regulation side of things. Um, At the end of the day, the reason why we have all the regulation in South Africa, and I I might just say that South Africa is really streets ahead of the rest of the world in many aspects when it comes to regulation. For a lot of us, it's a pain in the you-know-where, but it, it, it's efficient, it works so long as you abide and play by the rules and you can get on top of it and you it, it's, it's really it's a, it's a protective system for both the consumer and the supplier. Where is the protection from a regulatory point of view in cryptocurrency, in Bitcoin, for example? Yeah, Avi, currently in, in South Africa, the cryptocurrency industry is largely unregulated, uh, meaning that there's no regulatory oversight. The, the Reserve Bank does not regulate cryptocurrency platforms or cryptocurrency itself currently. But at Luna, we took a decision back in 2013 after we launched in South Africa to, to self-regulate. Uh, so so we, we comply with, with regulations that currently apply to existing financial institutions as, as much as possible. For example, Luna is you know, working with a financial intelligence center, uh, and, and that enables us to report suspicious transactions that happens on our platform. Um, Luna also conducts proof of reserve reports, for example, Every quarter, Mazars, a global auditing firm, um, they, they do verification of the customer customer funds on Luna to ensure that what we show customers, their balances are on the Luna app, balances actually exist on the back end. So we, we do a lot of things on our side and operate as if we are regulated. And, and I think that is the way to go. And we've seen a lot of global cryptocurrency companies, credible platforms following the same approach um, because we think the market will ultimately become regulated we think that regulators will put in certain rules for cryptocurrency platforms such as luno to to abide by them and as you mentioned you know everything comes down to consumer protection so consumers must know that the, the company that they trust their funds with got the capability to safeguard their funds firstly and also to safeguard the information and at this point it's uh, there are no barriers to entry in, in south africa so any person can start their own company and start offering cryptocurrency services or advice uh, because there's no safeguards in place. So we are really working with the regulators. Uh, the South African Reserve, Reserve Bank, I have to add, been pragmatic on this front. So they've they've tackled this head on and they've been uh, cons- um, consulting with, with industry 
private sector and with other regulators since 2018, um, finding the best ways uh, you know, for us to, 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 to provide that added sense of safety. So, so I think, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the cryptocurrency platforms up until this point provide uh, most of the safeguards and, 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 and act as if they're regulated. But we would definitely welcome more formal regulations in the market for sure. And, and we've, seen, we've seen that that happen globally. Countries like Malaysia and Singapore, Indonesia have all launched, uh, 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 you know, um, proper regulations. So, so consumers in those markets have got the clarity and, and we really hope that they will come to SA soon. Fantastic. I just want to say, Josh and Nick, if you can please just wait. I know you keep SMSing. I will get to mining Bitcoin in a moment, but I really just want to get through one or two uh, other other points. Morris Luno, the, the advantage of coming through an organization and a company like yourselves that's been around for many, many years is that it allows the average Joe to get into the market of crypto, Bitcoin, maybe more specifically. Am I right? Yes, Avi. Um, we, we, we think that cryptocurrency is still, it's still very complex and difficult for, for the average person to understand, to grasp with. It's something completely new. It's a new technology. And, and so we, we want to be that trusted guide for, for people uh, as they dip their toes into the world of cryptocurrency. So, and, and we take customers on an on a, on a educational first journey. We say that if you want to commit funds or you want to start your crypto investment journey, if you feel that you want to invest in crypto, then that starts by education. So, so um, and, and then also you can you can buy crypto on Luna with one round. You don't have to commit 1,000 or 10, 100,000 rand. You can really start by buying one round and that's what we encourage people to do. If you've not heard of crypto and you're interested, you're curious, or you want to invest in crypto, but you don't have the, the minimum you know, investment size that you typically need for, for other investment products and apps, then you can start by buying five, 10 or 20 rands with a crypto on a monthly basis and, and then start your learning journey that way. Morris, is that comparable to buying a unit trust where I can't go and afford to buy a, a, a basket of certain blue chip shares? in an equity portfolio because just don't have that amount of money. But if I commit a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand rand a month, the, the fund manager will then go and put my money together with a whole lot of people and together we can purchase those shares. Is it a similar idea? I mean, to some extent, but I think the, the, the main thing here is that uh, crypto can be broken down into smaller fractions. So you don't have to buy one Bitcoin. Um, you can buy a very, very tiny fraction of a Bitcoin. So it's not pooling of funds to, to be able to afford units, but it's really buying a fraction of a Bitcoin or buying a fraction of an Ethereum in the first place. So it's really making making Bitcoin and making you know, other crypto assets accessible to the average person out there. Okay. Long and short of it, how does someone start on the Luno journey? I, mean, I think uh, uh, we, we have got a very easy to use uh, mobile application. So people can go onto Luna.com or they can go onto the, the, the app stores, install the Luna app. We will then ask them for some information to just to, to get to know them better, ID number. Um, and once we've verified the account, it's a similar experience to when you're opening a, a, an online bank account, for example. Once we've verified your information, then you will be able to purchase crypto with, with your South African rand. So you can do a bank transfer, an EFT, or with a card payment, and, and then you can buy a fraction of crypto on Luna. So what two people want to know, is Luna a global, um, sorry, is, is Luna a global crypto trading platform? Are we, yes, we're a global company. We have customers across four continents. We've got global, globally 10 million customers. 
But we, we do have a, a very, very strong South African footprint. The company was founded in South Africa back in 2013. And we currently have just over 700 people working for Luna in South Africa between our Cape Town and Johannesburg offices. So we'd be very proud of that fact. We, uh, we, I won't say we're a trading platform. People often associate investing with trading. You don't have to be a trader to be able to buy crypto. You can just buy crypto with a small amount of money without having to buy and sell consistently. So what we're seeing is that uh, you know, most of our customers actually don't trade actively on a daily basis. They buy crypto and then they hold onto it and they wait for the price to appreciate uh, and then they sell. So, so yes, it's a, we're a South African business. We have South African bank accounts, we have South African incorporated, South African team, and you can buy crypto on Luna in South Africa using your South African rents. Fantastic. I, I just want to just check with you. Um, if one goes onto the app store, if you put in luno.com, there's actually quite a few um, different apps that come up. What would the trading name of that be? Is it blockchain uh, yeah. wallet? Yeah, so there, there should only be one Luno, hopefully. Um, right. But if you if you if you enter Luno, then it's Luno Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is the name. Um, okay. And then you'll see the Luno buy and sell crypto app. Okay, I found it. Okay, fantastic. Because I I, I found it online, but I just wanted to check that the um, the app also at the same time. Great. Maurice, let's get into this mining so I can get um, old Josh and Nick off my back because they, they've been there from the very, very beginning. Let's start at the beginning before we answer their, their specific questions. What is mining cryptocurrency? Clearly, no one's going out and uh, you know digging a hole in the ground and putting shafts in. What is the concept? Yeah. I'll be at a very high level. Um, because Bitcoin operates on a peer-to-peer model, there's no bank sitting in the middle confirming a transaction that the the sender's got a sufficient balance and the payment can be processed to the receiver bitcoin operates in a model of you know bitcoin mining it's a computer hardware that, that runs a program and so it's a it's a virtual miner it's a virtual process and that process entails the verification or, or the confirmation of bitcoin transactions so that program will then solve a mathematical problem <laughs> and once that is solved the payment will be added to a, a block and, and that's where the blockchain comes in. So it's a digital verification process uh, to confirm the processing or the sending of Bitcoin transactions on the blockchain. Now, Bitcoin miners get rewarded for the work they do to maintain the, the network by receiving Bitcoin as a reward, as mining revenue. So a lot of people go, they buy the, the, the hardware, which involves a computer and a graphics card, you need, you need a, a good uh, you know, source of, of electricity. Um, and then they run the, the mining software and then they get rewarded in cryptocurrency or in Bitcoin for, for, for you know, their service, essentially. So that's where Bitcoin mining comes in. And, and so, but unfortunately, in South Africa, because of unstable electricity supply, high electricity costs, very few Bitcoin miners can operate profitably in South Africa. So you, you see most of the, the world's mining, Bitcoin mining activity happening in markets with you know, solar energy and, and renewable energy uh, and, and also low energy costs. So Asia, most of it's now in US, Texas, and also in Europe, companies like Iceland and, uh, and so forth. Okay, fantastic. Great. So at least we've got that, we've got that one going out of the way. Okay, Morris, what I really want to focus now on just going forward, if someone has to project forward a year or two, we've come out of most probably the, the worst pandemic that the world has seen, you know, most probably since the Second World War, um, where there was a huge uncertainty, the world really stopped for a good couple of months on and off. We're still not totally out of it, even though 
thank God the vaccines have been around and really stopped it. But at the end of the day, people need transferability. People need to be able to take money and move it from one place to another. Do we envisage crypto becoming the way that I can pay for a hotel in Portugal for a holiday, that I can pay for my child's education overseas if I need it, and I can pay on Amazon for a tube of of toothpaste? Is that the is that the, the future of the currency? Absolutely, and I think you know it's it's the saying the different horses for different courses. Bitcoin is not necessarily going to be the one cryptocurrency that will become the global you know, means of, of 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 sending funds. We've seen a lot of innovation over the last two years with inventions like stablecoins, which is a cryptocurrency that's pegged to a fiat currency like the US dollar. Right, that gives the crypto a lot more stable value, and it makes it easier to to move funds because you've got a lot more stable stable value. You get other cryptocurrencies such as Litecoin or, 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 or Ripple that are probably better suited you know, for, for payments than, than Bitcoin. So, yes, it is possible already for people to buy, you know, to pay for airline tickets, people to buy goods online with cryptocurrency, although it's fairly niche at this point, not in the mainstream. Uh, it is possible already. Um, and I think over the next two to three years, once we see Bitcoin prices or crypto prices stabilizing in value, um, and we see more companies being willing to accept crypto as a means of payment. I do think that we will see uh, the adoption of cryptocurrencies for payment uh, you know, purposes rise uh, significantly over the next couple of years. Great. Morris, to, to start winding up, one thing that I'm always excited about is when South Africans become leaders in, their, in, their, in, in certain markets and really become innovators in the way things operate. Just take us through the journey of Luno in South Africa. When it started, how you how it started and how it ended up with a company that employs 700 people across the country today, which is a significant employer, especially in today's market. Avi, the the company was founded in 2013, and Luno initially focused on blockchain. You know that buzzword everyone talks about blockchain, and really wanted to help central banks and banks around the world to move funds between them using the blockchain. Very difficult at the time. Uh, we then decided 2014 that, listen, there is no company in South Africa that enables people safely and easily to convert their land into, into cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. So Luna founded uh, the, the, a broker for exchange business in 2013-2014. And so since then, South Africans have been able to open Luna accounts and, and purchase, purchase uh, cryptocurrency with the local fiat currencies. We've grown from a team of, of 12 people when I joined Luna in 2016 to, to just over 1,000 people working at Luna globally now. Um, and, and I think really you know, the, the, the growth has been 100% because of our customers, right? because of customer demand. Customers have pushed us to build better products, to innovate, um, to make Luna safer and easier to use. Um, and customers have also driven the use cases. So now they are, instead of just buying cryptocurrencies as a means of investment, there are other use cases as well. And we think that people will use cryptocurrencies over the next decade or so for the same reasons that they use fiat currencies. They will use it to do lending and borrowing. They will use it to do payments. There will be a savings element, an investing element. And so we are building a company um, over the next decade or so to position ourselves to really offer 
similar services to 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 uh, you know to, to our customers and what they would expect from a bank. Uh, just much simpler, much easier, lot less friction. So it's been a great journey. I think Africa punches above its weight when it comes to technology and new innovations, which, which I think is absolutely great. Not only in terms of you know, but but the entire fintech industry, how companies are innovating and, and trying to drive down costs, create better user, better experiences for people to send and to save their money. So I think you've also mentioned earlier, South Africa's got good regulations and a good financial system. And I think that is also you know, laid the foundation for, for, for our growth at Luna. Morris, just before I let you go, please just give out the email addresses again and the app addresses again so that people can go and download it and have a look and you know start educating themselves. I mean, you can find Luno on luno.com. So you just type in luno.com on your, your internet browser on your smartphone. You will then see an option to download Luno's app on the App Store if you've got an iPhone. And if you've got a Samsung or Huawei phone, there's an option to get it on the Google Play Store. Uh, but you can also go to the Google App Store and the Play Store directly and you type in Luno Bitcoin and then you will see the option to download the app. Um, just the last word, just sure. want people to be very, very safe and cautious. Um, if you want to start your crypto journey and buy crypto, please do it yourself. Don't listen to strangers that approach you on social media or people that advertise on unrealistic returns. As we've seen Avi, over the last week or two, it's impossible to predict what the price of Bitcoin is going to do. So if someone promises you a guaranteed return, um, then we know, you know that, that, that they are they're trying to trick you and scam you. So please, please turn away. So if you want to get started, do it yourself. Install the Luna app yourself, learn and start by buying a very, very small amount and, 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 and you know, learn that way. Fantastic. Marius from Luno, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show. And let's touch base in a few months' time, you know, and see how things are going. Thank you, Avi. Wonderful. Thanks so much, Craig. Thanks for pushing the buttons. We'll speak to you next week.